Hello and good morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is the podcast recording for May 31st, 2020. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and it is Pentecost. Being the birthday of the church, I thought it appropriate to celebrate my teammates and colleagues in ministry. My wife heard me recording this from the other room and started laughing and we're in for a long ride because this is the Sunday where I read a lot of names that I have difficulties pronouncing, both in the text and on my team. I think God has gifted me with the gift of not being able to read people's names. But be patient with me and know that I love the team that God has placed me on very, very much. I have my teammates that are parish associates. That's Amy Sabala and Reverend Sharon Yager-Lenner. I have the worship team headed up by Cornell Rodellescu and Micah Wright and Danny Fensenfeld. And then we have our children's director, Carrie Scruggins, and Rob Scruggins, our student ministries director. And the person that's holding it all together, and especially this being our 12th podcast pieced together from old services, um, is Philip. Our AV specialist in Ninja, Philip Mansour, praise God with me for these men and women that make what we're what we're hearing right now possible. I have a couple announcements for us, and the first one is Sylvia Smith passed away on Monday, May twenty fifth, at eleven a.m. or eleven p.m. Her remains went up to Oregon on Friday, May 29th. We will have a memorial service celebrating her life at PCC at a time yet to be determined. And on Tuesday, May 26th, our session met. We passed two motions. One, we are reopening the church office June 1st. Our buildings and grounds committee are working diligently as I speak this morning in gathering the supplies and writing the documents required for us to make that happen. The second motion that passed was concerning the regathering of our local congregation on our campus. Now I want to be abundantly clear. Our session is united in longing for the day for us to be back together. Our session is also united. We want to be gathering together when it's safe, when it's good, And when we 
can gather and be good neighbors to those within our city. We have decided as a leadership team to prayerfully and cautiously integrate Governor Newsom's mandated requirements for us opening, which are very specific, to our specific needs. We will be working on this document and it is set to be approved at our next session meeting in June. Please pray for us as leaders and as followers of our God. Also, this morning being Pentecost, I'd like to mention that later in the service, we will be hearing the Lord's Prayer, but in a mosaic of languages. Sharon Yagerlander will start it off in English. Brian Ihara will continue in Spanish. Elizabeth Van Dorn will continue in German. Cornel Radulscu will continue in Romanian. Marsha Malar will continue in Swahili. Pachi Wathan will continue in Portuguese. And Gwen Black will conclude in Korean. And now our call to worship comes from Psalm 104. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. I will sing to the Lord all my life. May my meditation be pleasing to God as I rejoice in the Lord. On this Pentecost Sunday, let us worship the Lord in spirit and in truth.
Remember that our Lord Jesus can sympathize with us in our weakness, since in every aspect he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with boldness approach the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Almighty God, you love us, but we have not loved you. You call, but we have not listened. We walk away from neighbors in need wrapped in our own concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, help us to admit our sins so that as you come to us in mercy, we may repent, turn to you, and receive forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. May the God of mercy who forgives you all your sins strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep you in eternal life. Amen. How many of you enjoy balloons? I know I do, and after receiving a bunch for my birthday last weekend, I got to thinking. Today, I have a single deflated balloon in my hand. It's a pretty color, and by looking at the shape of it, I think it would be a nice round balloon. But there's something missing. Can anyone tell me what this balloon may need? You're right. It needs to be filled with air. But before a balloon can fulfill its purpose, someone must breathe life into it. So I think balloons can help us learn something about the church. Today is a very special day we call Pentecost. It was the day that God sent his Holy Spirit to breathe life into his church so the church would be all that God intended for it to be. Before God sent his Holy Spirit, The church was lifeless, like a balloon without air. The church was not witnessing and telling people about Jesus. So after the Holy Spirit breathed life into the church, people began telling everyone they saw about Jesus. It didn't even matter if they spoke the same language. Everyone they told about Jesus understood what they were saying. Thousands of people were added to the church. And the church became alive and was doing the things God had commanded. So today I ask you to breathe life into your balloon. And remember that just as the balloon needs to be filled to be what it was intended to be, you and I need the Holy Spirit to fill us so we can be all that God wants us to be. Pray with me. We thank you, God, for sending your Holy Spirit. We thank you for breathing life into the church, and we thank you for giving your Holy Spirit to all who believe in Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. We love you, Jesus. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is Once in a while, a word gets its meaning changed. Uh, sometime in the 70s or 60s, maybe, somebody started saying cool, and it just didn't mean a temperature. Um, in the 80s, Michael Jackson did it with the word bad. It all of a sudden meant good. And God does it here in Acts chapter 2 through our writer Luke with the word Pentecost 
Up until this point, Pentecost simply meant 50th. And it meant the 50 days after Passover, the people of God, the Israelites, would celebrate the giving of the law through Moses. And then over time, it had come to mean a celebration of the harvesting of the crops. That meaning has been hijacked. That has it's been changed. It's been ratified. Pentecost now means the gift of the Holy Spirit dropping on the earth. It means, like I alluded to earlier, the birthday of the Christian church. One theologian put it, it's the immaculate conception of God's people. I'll mention later in the sermon how it's the redemption of culture. Also, I'd like to mention that this text that we're studying this morning, Acts chapter 2, it's the crescendo of Luke's, our author's, work. I love music. That's no, that's not a secret. Everyone who's listening to this and who has ever met me knows that I love music. And I love build-ups. I love crescendos. I looked up online for all of you classic music lovers, the best crescendo or build-up in classical music, and I found online that most people agree it's Beethoven's bridge between his third and fourth movement in his fifth symphony. I love classic rock. I love Led Zeppelin's build-up in Stairway to Heaven. I love Red Hot Chili Peppers. When I was in college, that was the best build-up I'd ever heard is the song Can't Stop. It goes... It goes nuts. It, it, it explodes. That's this chapter in Luke's work. The Gospel According to Luke, and now he's in his second book, The Acts of the Apostles, and he's built to this moment. All the way through Luke, he says, through numerous characters, but mainly Jesus the Christ is saying, after I leave, the big power is showing up. Here comes the power. Our text for this morning is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, They were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? 
Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. You respond with, thanks be to God. Before we get into our text this morning, I want to get, give everyone listening an explanation of why I've been calling the Holy Spirit She and why my title for this morning's sermon is She Fire. God does not have gender. However, all throughout the Old Testament, we are told He is our Heavenly Father which brings with it a pronoun of he. And then we meet Jesus the Christ and him being fully God, fully man, he obviously brings with him the pronoun of he. So the first reason I call the Holy Spirit she is simply to give over half of the population a pronoun to relate to the God of Scripture. I also do it because she reminds me of a lady wisdom, as mentioned of in Proverbs and Psalms and other wisdom literature of the Old Testament. She reminds me of helper Eve. She reminds me of comforting, the comforter. If you want to read more or study it more, there's a good book by Clark Pinnock called She Fire. Now, let's get to the text. When the day of Pentecost had come, so 50 days since Passover, they're all together in one place, and we find out a little later in the text that they're all seated. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of 
of a violent wind. I remember when Malia and I were in Costa Rica on a mission trip and we went to an active volcano. And we went there at night. And as we were driving up the road to see this lava coming from this mountaintop, we heard it before we saw it. It sounded like a dragon. It sounded like a like a growl, a deep bassy growl. I love how our author he paints this picture using his words and it it's almost like we're there. In comes a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And then a sensory overload. And it's the, the entire house is filled with this wind. And you, we see divided tongues of fire resting over everyone involved. And the Holy Spirit starts speaking through all the people gathered around in all these different languages. And it says in verse 5, Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. Our author is making a point that this was a multicultural experience. Many scholars have pointed out that this moment, culture is redeemed. It's the undoing of the Tower of Babel as found in Genesis chapter 11. Two truths I'd like to draw our attention to before we go any further is, one, this happens not in a synagogue. She fire shows up anywhere, anytime. The second thing I'd like to draw our attention to is we are doing a poor job as God's kingdom members in celebrating culture and diversity. Just this week, a young man named George Floyd, an African-American, was killed on the streets of Minneapolis. This should break us in half. We are better than this. As God's kingdom... We should be leading the anti-racism charge. Another way to say that is we should be the most pro-culturally diverse God's created world enthusiasts. Then in our text, Peter the man who recently denied Christ three times is now transformed and filled with the Holy Spirit 
and made into the rock in which Jesus the Christ had told him he would become. He stands up and steps to the mic and he explains what's going on. He says, this is that. He opens his his scriptures up. Notice that there's no doubt in my mind that this is Pentecost. They're usually celebrating God's word coming down to the world through the burning bush, the burning flame, and speaking to Moses on the mountain and giving the law 50 days after the Passover. Peter stands up and says, that was a foreshadowing of what Joel proclaimed would be when the Spirit shows up. Peter says, this is that day. He says, there will be in the last days the Holy Spirit poured upon all flesh. It was always going to be a multicultural experience. It was going to be a celebration of all cultures that God made. How do we apply this? How do we apply this? I think a first thing is we recognize and remember she fire shows up anywhere anytime. We live in the age of the Holy Spirit. In his book The Me I Want to Be, John Ortberg mentions that we're, we've kind of missed it as followers of God. The key to being a spiritual person is simply mentioning the Holy Spirit a lot. The same way that a, a Corvette person is a Corvette person because they talk about Corvettes all the time. We as followers of God are spiritual people when we start mentioning the Holy Spirit. Recognize the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you and through you today. We are, we were like that story where there was this uh, homeless man and everyone knew him. And he was living on the streets, and I think it was of Pittsburgh. And he was living on the streets, and he was begging for change outside a coffee shop all the time. Until he passed away. And then the police do a little research, and they find out the, that he's actually a millionaire. He was living on the streets 
while the truth was that he had abundant resources at his disposal at all times. We are like that that man. As followers of Jesus and as spirit-filled, spirit-filled Christians, we have the God of the universe in the form of the Holy Spirit longing to speak in to and through us. A little disclaimer that goes with that application comes to us from N.T. Wright's work. And he writes, Of course, there are many times later in this book, as there are many times in the life of the church when the Spirit works softly and secretly, quietly transforming people's lives and situations without any big noise or fuss. It doesn't have to be a dramatic rushing wind and sensory overload. It can happen in these still quiet moments where the Holy Spirit, she whispers some good truth about you. Some good thing to be celebrated that God has made while making you. It could be a still small voice calling you to to love someone that's not the easiest to love. It could be she whispers well done at the end of the day. Our second application is we are to be culture celebrators, anti-racists. We are to be pro God's creative beauty in and amongst all the cultures that are now redeemed through Pentecost. As Kingdom of God members and with Jesus on the throne of our lives, we should take note of brothers and sisters who do it well. I'm thinking of Erlinda Martinez. When the Day of the Dead comes around, you see her with the face paint. You see her celebrating the culture in which she was uniquely and beautifully made. We should thrive off looking at the world through all these different perspectives and all these different eyes. We should be weeping at injustice. We should have righteous anger when people are not seen as the beautiful, unique creations of our God. Amen. 
On this Pentecost Sunday, we have a lot to be grateful for. Please join me in giving back to God just a portion of what He's so richly blessed us with. Now we receive God's tithes and our offerings. Please send all gifts to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628.
Remembering those present at the first Pentecost, each hearing the message in their native tongue, today we will hear the Lord's Prayer, spoken in many different tongues. Pray with them at that time. Paul wrote to the Romans, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, interceding with sighs too deep for words. Pray with me. With many voices, we give you thanks, O God. By your Spirit, blend these utterances into a symphony of praise worthy of your name. We give you thanks for the Holy Spirit, whom you sent as you promised, the one who guides us and directs us and gives us gifts with which to respond to your will. At the Feast of Pentecost, you empowered your disciples with the Holy Spirit and sent them out to preach the gospel, to witness to your redeeming love and to draw all people to you. Send us out to do your will, we pray. May we be your eyes to see human suffering, your ears to hear cries for help, your hands to gently touch, your feet to go wherever we are needed. By the fire of your Spirit, O God, forge us into one church, many and different people together in God's embrace. Set our hearts aflame with love for the truth and the desire to do your will. O God, we know we cannot love you unless we love our neighbors. Remove hate and prejudice from all people, so that we can live together in peace. Calm the unrest and the violence we are seeing in our nation. Help us to see that all lives matter. The government tells us numbers are improving, and we are ready to emerge from some of our restrictions. We are hopeful yet anxious. We pray for decision-makers that guidance may be made through wise discretion and right priorities. We pray for the leadership of our church as decisions are made about worship and coming together again and being safe. We pray for scientists and others seeking a vaccine and a cure for the COVID virus. Show them the way we pray so lives may be spared and the sick may be healed. We pray for all who are ill, that working with the medical teams, you may bring about their healing. We pray your comfort on the many bereaved families. We pray for all who are particularly in need this day, those who are sick, those who are healing, those who are discouraged, those who are mourned, those who are lonely. We claim your promise of wholeness as we pray for those who are ill in body or mind and who long for your healing touch. We pray for Jennifer's nephew, Matthew, that you heal him of his many injuries and return him to health and wholeness. 
give his family encouragement and support as they are present for him. We pray today for the family of Sylvia Smith, your devoted servant whom you called home this week. Give her family the hope of the resurrection, knowing that she is safe in your arms and there will be the great reunion one day. As you have called us to be your people, O God, so breathe into us your spirit that we may witness to your love by the way we live our lives and the concern we show for others. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray in many languages, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Santificado sea tu nombre. Venga tu reino. Dein Wille geschehe im Himmel, wie auf Erden. Pina nuestra chade toate zilele, dano no astasi. Uta semehe makose yetu, kamanasi tu navio wasemehe, walio tu kosea. Não nos deixe cair em tentação, mas nos livre do mal. Dege narawa guanzewa yangwangi abajige yangwanhi isaom naida. Amen. Before I send us out with our benediction this morning, I'd like to say, no, I didn't forget Elsie Ihara. I wanted her to have her own time right here. Elsie Ihara, you are a linchpin. You are a glue that holds this team together and we praise God for you. And second is I'd like to remind everyone, please continue to pray for the leadership team of the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. These are tumultuous times, but the she fire is going to lead us forward. May our leadership team have huge ears and small mouths. And now, this morning's benediction. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior to be glory, majesty, power, and authority, through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now, and forevermore. Amen. May it be so.